Open my eyes to truth, open my hands to give freely. Open my lips to good words, to pure words, open my heart to love. Open my eyes to truth, open my hands to give freely. Open my lips to good words, to pure words, open my heart to love. Shalom. This is Rabbi Jonathan Slater, and welcome to Open My Heart, Living Jewish Prayer, a prayer project podcast of the Institute for Jewish Spirituality. Together, we will investigate how personal prayer, in its many forms, is an important part of Jewish spirituality. Each Monday and Friday, we will offer a different practice, led by a different person, all praying from the heart. Today. We are blessed to have with us Rabbi Ari Lev Fornari, who's a colleague. Hi, Ari Lev. I'm so happy to have you here today. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Here I am sitting in West Philadelphia. I'm the rabbi of Cold Sedek Synagogue, a Reconstructionist synagogue, and uh, really a place that is spiritually alive and politically brave, and that really challenges me and, and all of us to figure out where the edge and the weaving of spirit and politics are. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled to be part of your practice. So I'm gonna turn things over to you and thank you for sharing your prayer with us now. So here I am, I'm sitting in, sitting right next to my meditation cushion and I have my talit draped over my shoulder I like to begin this way, just always grabbing my talit as this kind of, as a sensory experience. I find there's a way in which one of the things I was told about prayer that isn't true is that it's a cognitive experience. And in fact, for me, it's very much about recentering in the body and allowing a calming of the body to actually calm the mind. So I have my talit draped over my shoulder and I'm going to take it and open it up. It's my uh, one of my weekday talitot. Drape it over my head. Say the blessing for the wrapping of tzitzit. Baruch Ata Adonai. Eloheinu Ruach Haolam. Asher kibishanu mitzvotav v'tzivanu lehit atef patzitzit. And then I always have a series of additional verses, some from liturgy, some from Torah that I recite to myself, kind of my highest intentions for my own practice. And I've accrued them over time. I've sort of started one by one. And some of them appear actually on the atara, on the, on the collars of my different talitot. The first is, V'asuli mikdash v'shachanti betocham. Make within me a, a sanctuary, a center of calm. The holiness can dwell within me, I can dwell in its midst. Ki imcha makor chayim ba'orcha or. For with you, Holy One, is the source of life. By your light we see light. Betaher libenu l'ovdecha be'emet. Purify my heart that I may be of authentic service. Who knows what else will get added to these phrases. Many people recite Psalm 104 in this place. 
for me, these have just organically over time, I've sort of found these verses have kind of glued themselves to my heart. And then I get to bring them closer and be reminded of their intentions. Every time I put on my talit, I do this both during personal practice and also when I'm leading. Take the talit and drape it over my shoulders. And I remove the watch from my left hand so that I can wrap my tefillin. There's a couple of reasons I'm so attached to wrapping tefillin in the morning. The first of which um, is that my tefillin were actually my father's and they were given to him for his bar mitzvah. And he was never taught to actually lay tefillin. And when I was in rabbinical school wanting to learn how to do it, my teacher suggested I ask anyone in my family if they happened to have a set. And my father pulled this never unwrapped set of tefillin out of his closet. And the tefillin bag actually set, has his initials on it. So there's this kind of ancestral reclamation that is inherently part of me wrapping tefillin, kind of reconnecting to my family's traditional roots, my family that came from Rome and Turkey, my Sephardic and my Italian family, who would have identified as traditional Jews. There's a piece of cultural loss that I get to do a tikkun on every time I wrap tefillin. Not to mention the, the gender transgression, the reclamation of, of this idea that all of us can choose to take on ritual practice regardless of, regardless of our gender, sexuality. But most importantly is actually as I'm putting this tefillin chaliyad, my arm tefillin on, I think of tefillin really as, as connected deeply to the roots of ancient acupuncture and acupressure. Said that the lines that the tefillin follows along the left arm and ultimately to the pointer finger connect directly the veins to the heart. And as I wrap the tefillin on my left arm, I'm counting the seven using the verse, Poter et yadecha, umaspia, echol chai ratzon. Once again, just kind of connecting to my greatest purpose, which is actually to open up my hands and sustain all living beings, which is to say just to find a way to be as generous and giving as possible in this world connecting to that sense of purpose and a reminder that actually the feeling that I have enough comes from giving, from gemilut chesed, acts of kindness, from, from being generous that the more we give, the more, the more we actually have. And I wrap the filling around my, the palm of my hand as I take out my filling shalrosh, head to fill in. One of the things I'm so moved by is this idea that um, I often will think about what I'm wearing that day and how it will impact my davening. Will this be a good shirt? Will I be able to roll up the sleeve enough? If I wear a sweater, will I take it off so that I can lay to fill in? It's another reminder of how embodied the practice is. It even affects what I wear. I center this on my forehead. The one who has wisely instructed us to lay tefillin. That's how I think of a mitzvah. It's many things. It's something that joins us together, joins us to each other and to tradition, but I also think of it as a wise instruction. Maybe that's what an obligation or a commandment, it's a thing that we really, we ought to do because it has a positive benefit in our lives. We need to be told that. And that's what Vitsivano is, that we've been told that that will happen. 
And the points that the tefillin shall rosh said actually are said to be very ancient acupressure points also kind of stimulating and calming the nervous system. Return to wrapping the tefillin around my hands. I use a Sephardic wrap that one of my teachers, Rabbi Sarah Zechariah, taught me. There's also a way in which I always feel like, oh, this is one of another piece of deep cultural connection to my Sephardic ancestors when I lay tefillin. Davening is also as simple as an invitation to breathe for me. The days when I daven, I remember to pause in the morning and that makes it easier to pause throughout the day. Pause and not get caught up in reactivity or frustration and pause, remember to drink water and eat and go to the bathroom and take a walk. It creates a kind of spaciousness, a kind of connective tissue inside of me that can then extend to how I experience my whole day. Let me sit back and I'm going to hum myself some other words that feel resonant, that kind of just call me, call me to purpose. Et mitzvah tavore Ve'avta l'reacha kamocha L'reacha kamocha Behold, I take upon myself the obligations of my, of my creator to love my neighbor as myself. It is only possible if I also love myself. of sitting and swaying and seeing what arises within me. What words of praise, what passages of Torah are calling to me. This morning, which is also Rosh Chodesh, I move to think of the words spoken as the Israelites cross the sea, Betochayam they were on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Maybe prayer is also my way to find dry ground in the midst of the sea. I'm not like an all-star singer, so one of the reasons I love communal prayer is really to sing with people, to match their tones and feel their vibrations. But I do also feel that when I dive in alone, that I can kind of use the vibration of prayer to, to calm the nervous system. The whole world is connected with God's glory. There is kavod, there is a weightiness, there is a potential, there is a sense of possibility in the whole entire world.
And we can connect to that. We can bless that. We can say amen to that, say that we believe in that. And prayer is kind of an affirmation of that. You can see I just spent a lot of time off loops just breathing and swaying and letting there be quiet, seeing what still small voice arises out of the quiet. Seeing what sensations or feelings arise out of the words of some themselves. I always like to end with Psalm 150. It's as though we've read the whole book of Psalms if we've read, if we've read Psalm 150. <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. With my whole breath, my whole being it's going to take to really offer praise. You can see here I am just navigating just within these three pages, Psalm 150. Baruch Adonai L'Olam Amen V'Amen and Shiratayam, the song of the sea. It's all just kind of this gentle dance between it all. And in my own practice, when I feel warmed up, I stand. Adonai sefatai tifta umfiya gita Some mornings I read the traditional Amidah recited in my heart. This morning I offer Marge Piercy's Amidah, On Our Feet We Speak to You. And I will actually read this aloud. I'll take three steps back and three steps forward and bend at the knees. We rise to speak, a web of bodies aligned like notes of music. Bless what brought us through the sea, that's where I bend, and the fire. We are caught in history like whales in polar ice. Yet you have taught us to push against the walls, to reach out and pull each other along to strive to find the way through if there is no way around to go on, to utter ourselves with every breath against the constriction of fear, to know ourselves as the body born from Abraham and Sarah, born out of rock and desert. We reach back through 200 arches of hips, long dust carrying their memories inside us, to live again in our life, Isaac and Rebecca, Rachel, Jacob and Leah, we say words shaped by ancient use, like steps worn into rock. Bless the quiet of sleep easing over the ravaged body who quiets the troubled waters of the mind to a pool in which shines the placid, broad face of the moon. Bless the teaching of how to open in love so all the doors and windows of the body swing wide on their rusty hinges and we give ourselves with both hands. Bless what stirs in us compassion for the hunger of the chickadee in the storm starving for seeds we can carry out, the wounded cat wailing in the alley, what shows us our face in a stranger, 
who teaches us what we clutch shrivels, but what we give goes off into the world, carrying bread to people not yet born. Bless the gift of memory that breaks unbidden, released from a flower or a cup of tea, so the dead move like rain through the room. Bless what forces us to invent goodness every morning and what never frees us from the cost of knowledge, which is to act on what we know again and again. All living are one and holy. I can say that sometimes 10 times. All living are one and holy. Let us remember. Let us remember all living are one and holy. As we eat, as we work, as we walk and drive, all living are one and holy. We must make ourselves worthy. We must make ourselves worthy. We must act out justice and mercy and healing. As the sun rises and as the sun sets, as the moon rises and the stars wheel above us, we must repair goodness. I will try to be holy. I will try to repair the world given us to hand on. Precious is the treasure of words and knowledge and deeds that moves inside us. Holy is the hand that works for peace and for justice. Holy is the mouth that speaks for goodness. Holy is the foot that walks towards mercy. Let us lift each other on our shoulders and carry each other along. Let holiness move in us. Let us pay attention to its still small voice. Let us see light in others and honor that light. Remember the dead who paid our way here dearly. Dearly. Different moments, different people come to mind this week's, these weeks. Thinking of all the black lives murdered by police and state violence. I'm thinking of Remy, Aleha Shalom, a trans woman murdered in my own neighborhood. George Floyd, Tony McDade, Breonna Taylor, Amadou Diallo. Remember the dead who paid our way here dearly, dearly. And remember the unborn from whom we build our houses. Praise the light that shines before us, through us, after us. Amen. Take three steps backwards. I always return to the words of the closing meditation of the Amidah. O Hainetzor, Holy One, guard my tongue from speaking words of evil or deceit. May the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable unto you. My rock, my redeemer. May the one who really brings harmony, peace, and justice to the heavens. Bring it here speedily in all of our hearts to all who dwell on earth. Sometimes I'll close with an extra psalm. 
something from the day. Could be the psalm of the day today because it's Rosh Chodesh. I'll close with a line from Hallel. But what's really important is just that I've centered and I'm breathing. And to really be in this constant balance of what Rachel Adler says, where we really need to mean what we say when we pray. We need, I'm thinking about the words as I'm saying them. I'm thinking about them when I'm see, singing them. Let their meaning be resonant within me. Also finding a way to be in the ancient metaphors in the world, the unassimilated tongue, as Rachel Adler calls it, the world beyond language and reason. These ancient portals, and to think that the same grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents who gifted my father, this tefillin said, were reciting these same words of psalms on these same days of the year. What narrow thing, what narrow constricted place, what feeling in me is arising that I want to call out, that I want to bring spaciousness and expanse and feel heard. And what begins is a practice that I can't seem to find enough time for. I tell myself, you only need to pray for five minutes, pray for 10 minutes. And once a minute I find, I don't want to stop. So that's maybe one of my favorite things about personal prayer is it's as hard to get into it as it is to get out of it. And with that, I gently unwrap my tefillin and welcome myself into the work of the day. That was Rabbi Ari Lev Fornari leading us in their personal prayer practice which was so inspiring and for which we are grateful. We hope that you found this practice meaningful. You can use the recording as support if you choose to engage in the practice yourself, and we encourage you to do so. First, use the practice as offered in this episode following the instructions given. You may wish to practice with the presenter several times to get a feel for the practice yourself. Over time, you will likely find your own inspiration and take the practice in new directions, which will be great for you and for the Jewish people. Together, we can shift the paradigm around prayer from going to services to prayer as spiritual practice. We are grateful to Judith Silver for giving us permission to use her song Open at the start of our show. You can find it and more of her music at judithsilver.com. We are also grateful to Ilana Arian for giving us permission to use her song Kenya Hiratzon as our closing. You can learn more about Ilana's music at ilanaarian.com. For more information about Open My Heart, and the Institute for Jewish Spirituality, please visit us at jewishspirituality.org. Shalom. Until next time, we pray you remain healthy and safe. May I be a saint.
Can you hear that song? Can you hear that song? May I find my way back home? Can you hear that song? Can you?